When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone, and welcome in to Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have plenty, and I mean plenty of football to talk about today, as yesterday was the NFL's roster cutdown day. Tons of players were released around the league. Tons of little trades were happened. Tons of, tons of signings happened. All sorts of weird things happened yesterday, so we're going to break it down. So, why don't we? Sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. And just a quick shout out to my girlfriend, Madison, in spirit of the pumpkin spice latte uh, hitting the shelves at Starbucks this week. They finally brought it out. It's fall season. We've been making our own pumpkin pumpkin stuff little, little pumpkin foam she makes she makes a little pumpkin creamer you get some like uh, uh like pumpkin pie filling i think and then like kind of puree it mix it around makes a nice little foam you throw it into your coffee it's tasty it's fallish it's pretty cool it's pretty neat highly recommend checking that out shout out to you madison i, I know you're not watching i know you're at work but still thanks for the coffee this morning thank you <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about some football before we get into the roster cuts We've got to talk about, you know, some of just the big news in general. We're going to start things off with one of my favorite happenings so far this offseason, and that is the landing spot of Trey Lance on the Cowboys. Uh, basically, uh, just a quick little update on it. Yesterday, he had a little bit of a press conference, a little interview thingy going on, and uh, he, he was asked just how happy he is to be on the Cowboys, and he said, when I heard Cowboys, I had a big smile on my face. He went on to say he's 100% healthy. And then went on to say that Dak Prescott welcomed him with open arms uh, and that they have a ton of respect for each other. So I'm just, again, I'm excited to see how this relationship can grow. I do think that it is a really, really good landing spot to try to get back on your feet for a player like Trey Lance, who basically the team lost all confidence in him. He, he was not really given a, a, a fair shake at all. And now he gets to go to one of the greatest franchises of all time with a good quarterback ahead of him, a nice little head coach, all of that fun stuff. So I'm excited to see what Trey Lance can do. It's going to be a couple years unless Dak Prescott gets hurt, but still I think it's a great way for him to kind of hit the reset button and try to, you know, capitalize on that third overall draft capital he received just a couple years ago. Updates on Jonathan Taylor as well. Yesterday, as we know, we kind of talked about the rumors that he'd be traded. Uh, it was, who was it that was actually ended up being right? I know it was Adam, or Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter had deferring opinions about what would happen. I think it was Schefter who said he wouldn't be traded. I'll have to go back and watch, but I'm pretty sure it was Schefter that was like, I don't think Jonathan Taylor's going to be traded. And Rappaport was like, yeah, I do think it'll he will be traded. So it uh, looks like Shefty. Yet again, is the guy to watch as Jonathan Taylor will be remaining on the pup list, will not be traded, is sticking with the Colts as far as we know right now. 
That means he will be missing the first four games of the season. Um, his value is going to go down. His value is going to go down plain and simple. So you tune into Wake and Take to get the takes about what you need to do about happenings around the league. And I would say with Jonathan Taylor, you've got to hold. Uh, no one's going to pay up for him, even really in Dynasty Leagues. The only big trades I've seen happen for Jonathan Taylor uh, since this news were ones that were left inbound. You know, So if you've sent out some offers for Jonathan Taylor, uh, maybe go with all those because you could definitely get him a little bit cheaper now probably uh but I, if i roster him i'm holding him it's only four games and as you guys know i'm fine with jameson williams i'm fine with alvin Kamara, even seasonally uh with those types of suspensions so um to see him only missing four games more than likely maybe a couple more depending on how this injury develops but you know i'm holding on to him i'm holding on to him i don't think you can get enough of a return for a player of jonathan taylor's caliber right now on the trade market unfortunately that's just how it is you know people are going to be too scared to pay up for him so you've just got to hold on to him but be happy because it's jonathan taylor you have one of the best running backs in the league yes it sucks yes you're going to go off to a rough start but still it'll be okay and when he returns you'll be happy so the backup running backs let's talk about them now yesterday i said i really have no idea how it's going to shake out I believed, you know, that if they did move on from Jonathan Taylor, they already had a contingency plan in place. That was kind of, to me, evidenced by the Kenyon Drake release. If you're going to release Kenyon Drake, you're either A, expecting Jonathan Taylor to be back, or you have someone else on the table ready to come in because you're not just going to roll out with Evan Hole and Deion Jackson and Zach Moss when he returns from the injury. Uh, but that is probably what they're going to do with Jonathan Taylor staying with the team and being on the pup list. The first four weeks of the season will be Evan Hole. And Deion Jackson and Zach Moss based on when he recovers. Who should you choose? And this is where I just, I, I hate having to choose between a committee of backup running backs on an offense led by a rushing quarterback. It's just, to me, not worth trying to decipher. If I had to pick one, right, I'm going to go with Deion Jackson. And that's only because we've seen him have success and he's familiar with the system. And it's the first four weeks of the season. Had you asked me this question later on in the year, I might go with Evan Hole as he starts to learn and get a little bit better. But I think since it's the first you know, few weeks of the season, they're going to roll with the guy who's been with the team, the guy who had a 10, 10 target, maybe 10 catch game last year. I remember it being pretty impressive and having some good performances. That's probably who they'll lean on the most. Will Evan Hole still get some opportunities Yes, but I think that Deion Jackson is probably the one that if you're going to choose to start one for fantasy football, you should probably go with Deion Jackson. I would probably say don't start either. Uh, I would probably the only Colt player I'm starting week one is going to be Anthony Richardson. I'm not confident in starting Michael Pittman. I'm not confident in starting Jelani Woods. I'm not confident in starting Alec Pierce. Of course, the only Colt I am starting week one in fantasy football will be Anthony Richardson. And that's just because of the rushing floor he's going to provide. Everyone else, it's just, it, it's too many concerns, too many question marks. You can't be confident to start any player on this offense week one. So I'm excited to see how it shakes out because I do think there will be some value here once we know, but I'm, I'm just not comfortable taking a chance on any of them right now, at least early in the season. Uh, but again, for backup running backs, I'm going to go with Deion Jackson if you're looking to start one. And if you own Jonathan Taylor, just keep holding on to him because you're not going to get a fair market value next up i just want to talk about will lutz because he's one of my favorite players in the entire nfl his dad was my eighth grade science teacher we went to the same middle school the same high school the same college 
so I, I'm just a big Will Lutz guy. I got a little worried. I thought he was released by the Saints, but then I saw it was actually just a trade. He got traded to the Broncos, and I just wanted to talk about it because I think that's an amazing landing spot for him. Historically, Broncos kickers have been successful for fantasy football, but also if the F offense is taking a step forward like plenty of us do expect him to, Will Letts will be a very, very valuable kicker. Uh, he was going at the end of drafts, but he's one of those guys who can hit those 50, 60-yard field goals. And even if the Denver Broncos offense doesn't get much better, that means it will probably be more field goal opportunities if they're not scoring touchdowns. So I think Will Lutz is a sleeper pick for number one kicker in fantasy football for 2023. I like the landing spot, and of course, I love the guy, Will Lutz. Another fun little trade that happened, Albert O was sent to the Eagles, and I'm also a huge fan of this one. When Dan Arnold was sent to the Eagles, I had been scratching my head. I never did it, but I had been scratching my head. I was like, you know what? That might be a good pickup in some deep leagues, some tight end premium, deep leagues, two tight end leagues, you know, whatever you want to call it, because Dallas Goddard has yet to play a fully healthy season within the league since he's been here. Uh, and, you know, it's the Eagles, right? I mean, you want to get yourself on the Eagles offense however you can. So I love this landing spot for Albert Okuagbunum. He just had a 100-yard and a touchdown in the final preseason game of the year. The Eagles gave, I believe, it was a fifth-round pick for him and a seventh. So it's, you know, technically not a lot, but still, I mean, a fifth-round pick is nothing to sneeze at. If Dallas Goddard goes down, I mean, we know the athleticism that Albert O has. I mean, I can't imagine he doesn't succeed in the Philadelphia Eagles offense. And, you know, sometimes you just need a fresh, a fresh place. And uh, I like it, right? I mean, you're going to be tight end two on the Eagles now. It doesn't really get much better than that as a backup tight end, unless you're on maybe the Chiefs uh, or the Ravens, but then you're fighting with Isaiah Likely. So great landing spot to me for Albert Okuagbunum. If you have, if you're in a league where it makes sense to roster a backup tight end, I would definitely be doing it in this case, because again, Dallas Goddard has health concerns and Alberto Kugbunum, as we say year in, year out, is one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. At some point, he'll hit. I think he's going into year four now. So hopefully it's now on the Eagles. We'll see, right? We'll see. And another fun little move, Malos Gaskin was released by the Dolphins and then earlier this morning signed with the Vikings. Uh, and this comes after the Vikings released Dwayne McBride as well. So now the running back room is Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler, Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin has been successful with limited opportunity within the league and has had some pretty explosive games. He's just a gadgety type player, a little shifty guy. Uh, I would say I'm a little bit concerned for Ty Chandler with this scenario. I think that they're very, very similar players and, you know, they could eat into each other's workload. But since Ty Chandler's been with the team longer and already is with the system and everything, obviously Ty Chandler's going to be the RB2. I think Miles Gaskin is a little bit more of an insurance option. Maybe some special teams play. We'll see. But mostly, I think this boils down to the Vikings wanting a cheap running back to fill out the running back room, not named Dwayne McBride. They wanted a little bit more explosive of a weapon, not a true downhill runner. You know, they, they wanted a Gaskin, if you will. So that is all I have in terms of updates. Let's just go ahead and check out these cut downs that happened. Every single team released some players. I'm only going to give you guys the offensive ones. Oh, wait, no, I had some other stuff. Where are, the, where are my overlays? Doesn't matter. All right, just real quickly, I have some backup running back news. Jerome Ford is back at practice. This comes after Pierre Strong was sent to the Browns. Jerome Ford was like, I'm not sitting back anymore. I'm healthy. I'm good. I'm, I'm going to go practice because I don't want to lose this backup job. 
So good to see him back at practice. I hope he can continue to perform well and impress the coaches because, I mean, he's a good athlete. And I would like to see, you know, him as the RB2. If Nick Chubb goes down, either him or Pierre Strong will definitely be fantasy relevant, maybe both. Uh, but it's good to see him back at practice. And also officially, the Buccaneers have named Sean Tucker as the backup running back to Rashad White. So definitely, definitely roster him if you roster Rashad White. Uh, I'm sure Sean Tucker will get volume already, right? I mean, he's the backup running back. It'll maybe be like a 25% type of thing. Uh, and then, of course, if Rashad White goes down, that's so much volume for him to be had. So uh, Sean Tucker, definitely worth rostering, maybe worth sending out some feeler offers, maybe see if you can get him for like a third rounder or some stuff like that. But Sean Tucker, the official backup running back on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, now, let me see if, uh, let's see. Let me, I'll answer this question before we get into the cutdowns. Jeremiah, till Ty Chandler still the man hold? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, just keep holding on to him to, before we see what kind of usage happens. The beautiful thing, and I'm just going to give a quick little strategy thing here as we are nearing, uh, you know, redraft, drafting season. If you haven't drafted yet, still have some leaks going on or maybe looking how to fill out your bench space. What I love, love, love to do is take some players that have, you know, lots of high upside or maybe an unclear role, but a potential path to something that could be a lot of volume or you're unclear how they're going to be used. Uh, and, you know, also the potential is rock bottom as well. Like it could be rock bottom, like some players like this, like Tyquan Thornton, Calvin Austin, stuff like that. Those types of players, I love to roster this time of year because week one, week two, week three at the latest, you will know if you can cut bait. And one thing that is so important in fantasy football is being able to churn your roster, replace players, you know, move back and forth. And some of these running backs, you know, like a Ty Chandler, for example, is one of those because, you know, you'll you'll see how he's used week one. You'll see how he's used week two. And then you can go from there. You can be like, OK, you know what? He's not really the third down running back that I wanted him to be. He is a handcuff and there's a bunch of other handcuffs on the wire. I'll go take a chance somewhere else. That type of thing. Basically, what I'm saying is roster people that you'll be okay with dropping within two weeks don't try to get like the uh the i mean sean tuckers of the world really because you know it's he's a rookie you're gonna have to hold on to him you're never gonna feel comfortable you think that an injury is gonna come you know all of that stuff you you want people that you don't want clogging up the bench essentially so go take your uh your random flyers i think ty chandler's a good one just to kind of see what kind of usage these players have and then you know you can just cut bait really really quickly Let's look at these cutdowns. Uh, a lot of these are, <laughs> we're going to do a fun game here. You know, it's early in the morning, but who cares? Every time I name a player that you had no idea still played in the NFL, take a shot, take a sip of coffee, whatever you find fun, because there's some names on here that I thought were pretty interesting. I had no idea they still played. Also, I'm only doing offensive players. I mean, a ton of players are cut down, tons of relevant defensive players as well. But for this list, I'm just going through mentioning the players on offense who are quasi fantasy football relevant. Some of these guys weren't really fantasy relevant at all, but also were names that we all know and remember. Uh, and, you know, something to keep your eye on. Some of them I'll have long explanations. Some of them I won't. But let's go ahead and get right on into this. And we'll start things off with the NFC East. The Cowboys did end up releasing Malik Davis. So that means Rico Dowdle and Deuce Vaughn are the running backs to own on the Cowboys outside of Tony Pollard. Unfortunately, those of you like me who held on to Malik Davis from last season, you know, picked him up thinking, you know, we've got a nice handcuff going into the next year. You don't. He sucked. The Cowboys didn't like him. Malik Davis is gone. 
Uh, and I mean, I doubt he ends up really somewhere else if, if you're going to be released in that kind of situation. The Giants released James Robinson. They released Cole Beasley. They released Jamison Crowder. Those former two were actually terminated, just completely terminated, uh, whatever that means. Uh, but they, they are all gone. I think we already kind of knew about James Robinson and Cole Beasley and Jamison Crowder, but still just players that were released. I'm going through uh, no big takeaways there. Uh, the Eagles. Also, no huge takeaways here, but one of their preseason darlings, Trey Sermon, was released. I'd kind of hyped him up a little bit this week. I was thinking, you know, maybe it'll hit because, you know, it took him forever to be good at Ohio State. And even then was only good for a couple games. And, you know, he had a good little preseason run. So I thought, you know, I thought that they might want to put him on the practice squad. But no, he's been released. They also released track star Devin Allen and Freddie Swain, which is one of the first names I had no idea was still playing football. Freddie Swain, I'll take my sip. <laughs> the next team in the NFC East is the Commanders, who actually ended up releasing Derek Gore. You'll remember I had talked about him saying, you know, he's familiar with Eric Bieniemy. had a pretty decent preseason. I could see him kind of sneaking onto the roster, but no, Derek Gore has been released by the Commanders. So it's going to be Chris Rodriguez, Antonio Gibson, and Brian Robinson filling out that running back room. Let's go ahead and move on to the NFC North quarterback Nathan Peterman was released, meaning Tyson Badgent, the rookie, has won the backup job. He had a good preseason, good camp, uh, and a good senior bowl as well. He was uh, Cody Carpentier's all senior bowl quarterback, the only one he felt was good. So here he is winning the backup job in Chicago. They might bring in someone else as well, but Tyson Badgent is the quarterback they kept behind Justin Fields. And Treston Ebner was actually released, running back Treston. Ebner was released, which is definitely interesting because he was kind of like the most pass catchy running back on this Bears team, which means, you know, really floodgates are about to open for Roshan Johnson because Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert aren't doing that. Roshan Johnson will be. Go get yourself some Roshan before it's too late. The Lions. This one is really surprising to me. They are rolling out with only two running backs from what I can tell as they have released Craig Reynolds, Jamar Jefferson, and Benny Snell, which is just surprising to me. I, I, I can't think of any other running backs. I thought Craig Reynolds was a lock to make the roster. He had been with them for a couple of years now and looked pretty good in the preseason, has been has filled in admirably every time he was asked to. So to see him released is pretty interesting. So it's just David Montgomery and just uh, Jameer Gibbs right now. No, no RB3. We'll see how that develops. The Packers, Lou Nichols, undrafted running back, uh, was released which means Emmanuel Wilson, as we've talked about time and time again now, is the RB3, the handcuff to roster for the Packers, is Emmanuel Wilson. And finally, for the NFC North, they released running backs to Wayne McBride and Abram Smith. This was the Vikings, uh, which sucks. You know, I've kind of been hoping Dwayne McBride could turn into something. He was a really, really good college rusher, led FBS and rush yards last season, but and landed in a great landing spot. Tons of opportunity for him in the Vikings, but honestly did not look good in preseason. Didn't really hear anything out of camp from him, so... Don't really know what's next from him. I think luckily for Dwayne McBride, something that he has that none of these other running backs really have is the fact he is a rookie and led the FBS in rushing last year. I'm sure he'll end up on someone else's practice squad, but I doubt it's a much better situation than he was in in the Vikings. So I, I, I think uh, unless he goes somewhere really special, uh, it's probably end of the Dwayne McBride train already. Let's go ahead and move on to the NFC South, and we'll start with my Falcons. Unfortunately, one of my favorite sleepers, one of uh, Godwin Iguabuike, was released, and he looked really good this preseason, looked great at camp, looked great at practices, 
but they just didn't have the room. The Falcons in particular were one of those teams that just had so many good players that they had to go ahead and release, especially on the defensive side. Lots and lots of kind of controversy uh, here in Atlanta, especially on like the local sports talk. Like, who are you going to cut? Who do you get rid of? Because so many of the players are basically exactly the same. Uh, but on top of Iguabuike, which was really surprising to me, they also released good old J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and tight end fours and five, Parker Hesse and Tucker Fisk. So those guys no longer on the team. The Panthers released wide receiver Shai Smith. The Saints released running back Daryl Williams. So it's just going to be Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams. And I think there's one other guy there now as well while Alvin Kamara is suspended. And the Buccaneers. This is another coffee one. I don't think it's actually Ronnie Brown, but running back Ronnie Brown, who I had no idea was still playing football. He's not still playing football. This is definitely a different Ronnie Brown, but still running back Ronnie Brown has been released by the Buccaneers. And third string quarterback John Walford was also released, showcasing that they do firmly believe it'll be Baker or Kyle Trask all season. They're not going for anyone else. It's going to be those guys. They are commanding the tank. And the final uh, division within the NFC, the NFC West, the 49ers released Chris Conley, Jeremy McNichols, and one more coffee sip for me, Willie Sneed. Had no idea Willie Sneed was still playing. Uh, No big takeaways here. I mean, Jeremy McNichols might have sniffed some fantasy rosters at some point, just given how the 49ers running back rooms always seem to shake out. But uh, none of these guys were crazy relevant. Honestly, most of these guys we're talking about are not crazy relevant, but still for your deeper leagues, kind of important to know. I cut like I've already cut some of the players we named. I'm in a 32 team league. I cut like five of these guys. So kind of sucked. It was a big cut day for my 32 team league. (laughs) Uh, The Seahawks, the Seahawks released uh, both undrafted and free agent rookies. So Roderick Thompson, running back and wide receiver Matt Landers. No huge takeaways here besides the fact that Jake Bobo did make the roster. Really impressive preseason and camp. Excited to see what the Bobo can do going forward. The Rams. The Rams released backup running back Royce Freeman. They brought him in as an insurance option, a little veteran presence. He's gone. Brett Ripien, backup quarterback, is also gone, showing that they believe in Stetson Bennett as the backup. Uh, and yeah, and yeah. Now, the Cardinals. The Cardinals released David Blow. So it's going to be Clayton Toon and Josh Dobbs at quarterback because they also released Jeff Driscoll and running back Tyson Williams, who a couple years ago was a like kind of preseason pickup from the Ravens, no longer making teams basically out of the league at this point. And that's it for the NFC. Let's go ahead and breeze through the AFC. Uh, the Bills, they released running backs Ty Johnson and Darrington Evans. So it's James Cook, Damian Harris, and I believe still Lat Murray are going to be their running backs. And wide receiver, speedy wide receiver Andy Isabella has been released. He's kind of been bouncing around, unfortunately, just not making rosters. You know, when he got drafted, he was somebody who was kind of exciting as a prospect, but, you know, just has not panned out. The Jets, and the, honestly, the AFC, especially the AFC East here, uh, had some very surprising cuts. The Jets cut Zonovan Knight, who was a huge waiver wire pickup last year, helped lots of fantasy football teams. Uh, and Zach Kuntz. Zach Kuntz was released. My favorite rookie tight end this year. Released the most athletic tight end in this class. Had, a had I think, two, maybe just one. Had a preseason touchdown. Didn't make the team. Curious to see what will happen with him. 
hopefully this is kind of a case of you've just got to see him clear the waivers and then you can bring him in for the practice squad. I think Zach Koontz at least has the athleticism to land somewhere else if it's not back with the Jets, but definitely a surprising move to me. The Dolphins released Robbie Chosen Anderson and Kiki Cootie, another player I had no idea was still playing, and Miles Gaskin, as we already talked about, as well as Tyler Croft, tight end Tyler Croft, the Dolphins tight end room, still kind of interesting, still, still not quite figured out. Uh, and the Patriots had some huge, huge, huge cuts, very surprising cuts. They only have one quarterback on the roster now as they released Bailey, Zappi, and Malik Cunningham. Absolutely surprising that both of these guys were released, especially Bailey Zappi, who filled in admirably last season, uh, and the fan base loved him as well. Reports are now coming out that they expect to pick him back up if he clears waivers and put him on the practice squad, but still really crazy to see. And Malik Cunningham, a preseason and camp darling, we thought that he would be a multifaceted type of player for the Patriots, do all sorts of things all over the field. Also released, uh, very, very curious, excited to see where he goes. I'm definitely sure a team will take a chance on Malik Cunningham based on the hype that he was building. And also only having one quarterback, they're also only having two running backs on the roster. They're only rolling out Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, as they released J.J. Taylor, Kevin Harris, and Ty Montgomery. Incredibly surprising. I, I have no idea what they're doing here. Uh, very, very, very strange. I guess that means they are completely sold on Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott handling it all of themselves. I'm, I'm sure that Bill Belichick will come up with some random thing to figure it out, and I'm sure they'll eventually bring in a third running back if needed. But very, very surprising to see they're going so skinny in the quarterback and running back department. The AFC North, the Ravens released Melvin Gordon and quarterback Josh Johnson, as well as wide receivers Laquan Treadwell and James Prochet. So if you're rostering any of those guys, I guess you can go ahead and cut bait. I would say that this is the, uh, I guess, the end of the line for Melvin Gordon. It was a good career, but uh, this is now, I think, third team since the Broncos, second team since the Broncos, where he just can't really get it going. Uh, I think it's third. I know he, he had the brief stint with the Chiefs. This might just be second. doesn't matter. It's probably over for Melvin Gordon. No one's taking a chance on him. No one's keeping him, uh, unfortunately. The Bengals released backup quarterback Trevor Simeon which is surprising to me. I really thought he would be the Burrow fill-in, but he's not. Uh, and unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, this is sad. The Bengals released Mac Hippenhammer. Unfortunately, that is the end of the line for everyone's favorite football player, Mac Hippenhammer. Uh, sucks to see him. Uh, if, if you were rostering Mr. Hippenhammer, you can go ahead and release him as well. The Browns released preseason darling Austin Watkins. You know, PFF, all preseason team, Austin Watkins. They also released Demetric Felton, who had been a really good backup uh, for the Browns the past couple years, as well as Anthony Schwartz, who has also kind of been with the team for a decent bit now, and Cade York. So the Browns really did make some surprising cuts. Um, the big takeaway here is it really might be Cedric Tillman and Elijah Moore uh, have really earned some belief with this Browns team. Uh, and, you know, they like Pierre Strong and uh, Jerome Ford as their backups. They don't need Felton anymore. The Steelers went ahead and got rid of tight end Zach Gentry and running back Zazavian Voliday. So they're rolling with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris and their tight end room also 
isn't changing too much. They're getting rid of Zach Gentry that had been with, you know, in the league for a while now. Unfortunate release, but, you know, he just doesn't have it anymore. We'll move on now to the AFC South. Um, the Texans released running back Larry Roundtree. The Colts released Kenyon Drake, Mike Strachan, Brashad Perryman, Pharaoh Brown, and Amari Rogers. The Jaguars released Snoop Connor, so they're still going to be rolling with uh, Tank Bigsby, Jamichael Hasty, and Travis Etienne, uh, and Ernest Johnson, and Ernest Johnson. The Titans didn't have any big offensive releases. We already know they had an incredibly shallow offense anyway. No one too big, but they did make a trade for Nick Folk, which is pretty cool, pretty interesting. Uh, so that's the South. Really, really no one too crazy here. Uh, the Broncos. The Broncos made a bunch of releases. Again, no one wild, but still Tyler Beatty, Marquez Callaway, Kendall Hinton, which I thought was surprising given what he's meant to this team and how much work he's put into them, but you know, not that great of a player to them. Uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey, running back Tony Jones, and then to make up for trading for Will Lutz, they did release Brett Maher. Um, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are keeping Daneric Prince, but releasing LaMichael Pirine. They also released Lamar Jackson. So unfortunately for the former MVP cornerback, uh, he's been released. Uh, and to go along with the sadness of Mac Hippenhammer, they did release Ty Freifogel. So another great NFL name released by a great NFL team. The Raiders released a bunch of running backs showing their belief in Zeus, Zamir White, Darwin Thompson, Sincere McCormick, Damian Williams, as well as wide receivers Keelan Cole and Philip Dorsett, Raiders clearing house, really going narrow there as well, getting rid of the older players for sure uh, as they're kind of a rebuild squad anyway. And the Chargers, we talked about it yesterday, their big release was Max Duggan. They did let Elijah Dotson make the roster. So their really only big release was Max Duggan. Definitely surprising there. You'd think you'd give him a little bit more of a chance as a rookie, but you don't need three quarterbacks on the roster. They like Easton Stick, so he's out of here. That is all the kind of important releases. I know none of them were really, you know, incredibly surprising or anything like that. Some of them were big, but I'm sure most of these players you didn't even roster unless you're in the deepest of leagues. But still, there's some important takeaways as we discussed just about how the team feels about some of the other players on the roster based on the releasing. For example, with the release of Godwin Iguabuike, the Falcons probably really believe in Cordero Patterson and all the other ones we talked about briefly as well. Now, let's see if we have any questions here. I see one real quick, and I think that's it before I get you guys out of here. What to do with Zappi in your deep super flex leagues? Hold on to him because like I said, it does look like he will be brought back onto the practice squad which means he's still the backup quarterback. The Patriots just doing kind of a funky situation with it. Um, but yeah, just, just hold for now. I mean, I think with a lot of these guys, I would hold, this is kind of just overarching. I think a lot of these guys, especially the ones that we did think were going to be something, I would hold. They probably will land on another roster. Uh, and that's when you can kind of, you know, take a little bit of a debate. I mean, none of these guys are going to be wildly fantasy relevant. Uh, really, but they might be towards the end of the season as injuries pile up and stuff like that. So, I mean, for the most part, you can probably cut bait. But if there's any question, basically what I would say is if you're like, should I keep holding on to him or should I release him? Just hold on to him. Just hold on to him because who else are you picking up right now? I mean, it's a, it's a very, like right now, we don't know too much. You might as well stick with what you know and what you believed in this offseason. 
and then see if they land somewhere nice. And then if you hate the landing spot, then you can release it. But, you know, don't go crazy too. Don't go too crazy yet. But that is all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was another fantastic episode of The Wake and Take. That was football. I was Jason. You guys were a fantastic, fantastic audience. You have a wonderful Wednesday and a fantastic rest of your week. I'll see you tomorrow on this Player Profiler YouTube channel, the Facebook, and Twitter as every Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Have a good one. Peace.